<clears throat> Good morning. 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 Sorry about my uh, nasal thing going on. I apologize for that. Kids got me sick earlier this week, so. Um, how many of you have fears? Good. Everybody. This is a good thing. Um, some of you, like me, are deathly afraid of bugs. Deathly afraid of bugs. When I see a spider, I freak out. Uh, snakes? I don't like in being in nature for the very reason of snakes. There's other things. I don't like to sweat when I go for a hike, things like that. But it's the snakes, really. Um, because of, you know, Rob Parker, I'm afraid of germs. So I have antibacterial stuff in my office now. And because of Jeremy and Jody, I'm deathly afraid of McDonald's. <clears throat> so I stay away. Four years. Yes, yes. I go to my, my meeting on McDonald's Tuesdays in the morning. <laughs> it's been four years since I've had my last Big Mac. Um, but the reality is, you know, we have stuff like that. We're afraid of the dark. We're, you know, we're afraid of things like that. But uh, the deeper reality for our lives is we, we fear if we can make ends meet this week, right? Um, we fear what's happening with our kids and the world that they're growing up in, right? Um, we fear what the person next to us thinks about us way too much. Maybe you even experienced some of that this morning during worship. It's like, wow, the band isn't loud. There is no band. So I can actually hear myself, and the person next to me can hear this sound. And maybe it's not all that pretty, but you're deathly afraid of what someone else thinks about you. At the end of the day, you and I both have fears in our lives that deal with significance and purpose. Is the life that I'm living, does it matter? In the grand scheme of things, does it matter? You and I fear and are controlled by having the approval of other people. Will they like me? Do they think I'm cool? Is who I am as a person attractive to someone else? You and I have fears of security and safety. And so we reach for control to experience some form of stability in our lives. You and I have all of those things. How many of you have ever heard FEAR as an acronym? The acronym goes like this. False Expectations or Experiences... Um, what's the A part? <laughs> Appearing. Thank you. I'm like, ah, oh, just blank. Appearing real, right? When we think about fear, most of the time when we talk to someone about our fears, when we think about our fears, you and I think of just get over it. It's not real. Your fear is not real. It's false. It's something that feels real. It's something that 
I experience is real, but if I take a step back and I look at the big picture, the reality is it's not real. It's a facade, right? You've all heard this. Fear is real, okay? The acronym is not very helpful. And I'm really sorry if like, you live by that acronym. I'm, I'm sorry that I've just taken it away from you. But I hope that by the end of this morning, we've gotten hold of something much more substantial to hold on to than trying to sit in, in, in our places of fear and say, it's not real, it's not real, it's not real. There's nothing in the dark. There's nothing that I have to be afraid of. No, there's nothing I have to be afraid of. You know, the paycheck will come. I, I, I just got to be stronger than this. I just have to be tougher than this. I just have to be more bold than this. How many of you have ever sat there? Right? All the time. All the time. False expectations, false, appearance, false experiences appearing real. It's not that helpful. It isn't. Because at the end of the day, you and I always go back to that fear. And we allow it to control and we allow it to grip us and we allow it to grab hold of us. What does the Bible have to say about fear? I wonder. Hmm. You're all here on Sunday morning. Glad you asked. If you have a Bible, <clears throat> you're going to go to page 722, 2 Timothy chapter 1. I think we're at verse 5, right? Starting in verse 5. Thank you. <clears throat> 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. Page 722 in the Blue Bible. Also on the screen. I'll give you a sec. So this is, this is Paul writing. Um, this is towards the end of Paul's life, or what we believe to be the end of Paul's life. He knows that his time upon this earth is coming to an end. He's not sick, but he's in jail. And in his mind, in Paul's mind, he doesn't think, there's much more time. Him going, going through the legal process to, to, to come out not guilty and free, more and more, I believe, is starting to sink in for Paul that it's not likely that you're going to get out of this. Okay? And so he writes to Timothy. We have two books that he writes to Timothy. This second book, later on in his life, Paul is, is getting Timothy prepared for carrying the mantle forward carrying the mantle forward. He's writing to Timothy, trying to encourage him, trying to empower him, trying to be that mentor that Paul's always been to him to give him courage for the fact that it's more likely than not that I will not be in the picture coming forward. But let me leave you with some of these words. So we pick this up in verse 5. So this is Paul talking to Timothy in a letter. I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother, Lois, and your, and your mother, Eunice. And I know that some faith continues strong in you. This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. So never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord. And don't be ashamed of me either, even though I'm in prison for him. With the strength God gives you, be ready to suffer 
with me for the sake of the good news. For God saved us and called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan from the beginning of time, to show us his grace through Christ Jesus. And now he has made all of this plain to us by appearing by the appearing of Christ Jesus, our Savior. He broke the power of death and illuminated the way to life and immortality through the good news. And God chose me to be a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of this good news. That is why I am suffering here in prison, but I am not ashamed of it, for I know the one in whom I trust, and I am sure that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until the day of his return. We'll stop right there. You have not been given a spirit of fear and timidity. Timothy, the spirit that lives inside you is not one that conjures up fear. Now, don't get me wrong. Fear is not always a bad thing, right? The whole fear, you know, flight, fight or flight thing, right, that you learned back in high school. Fear is not always bad. But what Paul's writing here is that this spirit that has been placed inside you does not conjure up fear. it's, It's not one that holds you to guilt. It is not one that bears you down with hesitation. Timothy, you've been given a spirit. Timothy, you've been given a role. You've been given an assignment. Live that assignment out in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Live that assignment out in the fullness of all that God is, knowing that when you live according to the Spirit, you are living out of power, love, and self-discipline. Power, love, and self-discipline. Timothy was a young guy. We know this through the scriptures. Timothy was a young guy. At one point, Timothy was concerned about his age. Well, I'm not old enough. People aren't going to listen to me. Paul writes to that. Nope, don't worry about your age. Don't worry about where you are. Timothy is very different than Paul. We look at Paul's life. If you've ever looked through the Bible, you looked at Paul's life. Paul was like a superstar, right? I mean, the the dude wrote half the New Testament, right? He's a superstar. A lot of times we look at these guys that are in here and these women that are in here and we think superheroes, the Hulk, right? Paul was this big green guy that yelled at people and stomped, stomped around and put people in this place, right? Paul was like Wolverine, that if he ever got hurt, he would just like self-heal and, and nothing bad would ever happen to him. That's what we think of, of these guys. But the reality is, Paul was just like you and me. The same spirit that lived inside of Paul is the same spirit that lives inside of us. The same spirit that is exalting Paul to encourage Timothy is the same spirit that lives inside of us to encourage each other forward in faith and in the things that God has called us to. Timothy, from what we know, was very different than Paul. His gifting was much more of a teacher and an administrator. 
He was an administrator. For those of you that are like, well, I'm just a secretary. I'm just at home doing this, that, and the other thing. Timothy was an administrator. That's what his, that's, that's what his main role and gifting were. And yet in it, he led. And yet in it, God called him through Paul to lead, to minister to people, to love, to preach the gospel, to not be afraid, to not worry about your age. Don't worry about the things that hold you back, the things that cause hesitation deep in your soul. That is not from God. God has empowered you with love, power, and self-discipline. But why would Paul say this? What is it about Paul that conjures this message up for Timothy? Paul was just a, a, a great person. He, just, he, he really knew his Bible. That's why. That's why. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what it was. He, he, he grew up in, in a very religious home, and, and he had a mentor who was very religious, and that's why. Right? I, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I don't really know my Bible. I'm not someone that sits around all day and just reads the Bible. Paul is just a, he's from another galaxy. I can't be Paul. Right? Maybe Paul didn't sleep. Some of you are like, man, I don't know how you do it. You, 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 you do these parties and you show up on Sunday and you got all this energy. and you, know, you must have that superhuman ability like Paul. Like You don't need sleep. But the rest of us, we need sleep. Go to Philippians chapter 3. Page 709. Philippians chapter 3. Paul here is writing to the, to the church in Philippi. And in this section right here, he talks about all of his accolades as a religious person. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He was a studier of the religious law. He was second to none as it dealt with being a super religious person. He persecuted the church. All of these things he did for God. And then this is what he writes about it. Verse 7. I once thought these things were valuable. But now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. All my religiosity, all of this knowledge, all of this doing things faithfully obedient, never steering to the right or to the left of God's law. All of this stuff that I thought was valuable isn't. Wasn't. Verse 8. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For His sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, so that I could gain Christ and become one with Him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with Himself depends on faith. I want to know Christ, and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. 
I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another I will experience the resurrection from the dead. All of my religious behavior, my strict obedience, this self-righteousness that I conjured up within my own soul, being strong within myself, right? Fear, just get over it, be strong, overpower it. Paul says, no, all of that is garbage. All of that is invaluable. But why? Because I keep my eyes focused on Jesus. Nothing compares to knowing Christ. See, fear is not our problem. It's not. Fear isn't the dilemma here. Our problem is glory. We sang about it. We read about it in the opening passage. Our problem is not fear. Our problem is glory. We have given glory to the wrong things. You and I give glory to money. You and I give glory to people. You and I give glory to performance, achievements, accomplishments. You and I give glory to feeling safe, to feeling secure. You and I give glory to the need to be held by someone. Yeah, yeah, I know that God cares for me and He, and he, and he loves me and, he, and all that, but I, ju- I just need somebody in this moment. You and I give glory. See, our problem is not fear. Our problem is glory. And the things that you and I give glory to are the things that we end up fearing at the end of the day. What Paul was saying in Philippians chapter 3 is, I was deathly afraid of God. And so I did everything imaginable and possible so that God and I were okay so that I can control God at the end of the day, so that when I stand before God, I could say, look at everything that I've done. Is it not worth something to you? Is it not valuable to you? Look at me, God. And he says, no. All of this has become not valuable, worthless, garbage, rubbish, depending on the translation that you know. He kind of says a mean word that, you know, we won't repeat this morning because it's being videoed. And there are children here. All of his self-righteousness, all of these things. Paul knew not what it meant to overcome fear. That's not what Paul knew. Paul knew to give all of his glory and all of the attention to Jesus Christ, his Lord and Savior. 
See, when, when we talk about glory, when you and I sing about glory, when we read about glory, glory is the weight of something, the substance of something. And so when we give glory to God, we say, God, you are the most substantial being in this world. You are the most weighty being in this world. God, if I were to place you on a scale, you would hit the bottom immediately. That's how much you weigh. That's how substantial you are. But for a lot of us, if we take an honest look in our souls, we say God and money. Money. We say God and people. People. We say God and success and recognition and achievements. Performance wins. We say God and my own self-righteousness, my morality before the world and before the Christian family. And we choose morality every time. Fear is not our problem. Our problem is glory. We've given glory to the wrong things. I was talking to somebody about this yesterday, and they were like, oh, like, I get what you're saying. So like, when, you, when, you like, when you have fears and you want to overcome fears, then you know, what you're saying is um, you just have to stop being fearful. And it's like something's becoming your God, right? That's what you're saying. It's like something else has become your God. I said, no, it's more than that. You have given lordship. You have given godship to someone. Something else is not becoming your God. Money is not becoming your God from the exterior. People are not becoming your God from the exterior. Significance is not becoming your God from the exterior. Security is not becoming God from your exterior. You physically, yourself, me physically, myself, we say, here you go. This glory that should be God's, here. It belongs to you. It belongs to you, Mr. George Washington. If you're a little more lucky, it belongs to you, Mr. Benjamin Franklin. Is he on a, is he on a dollar bill? It's all about the Benjamins. Uh, anyway, um, you like that. All right. <clears throat> so here's my question this morning. What do you fear? What are you afraid of? What has got a hold on your soul? Control in your life. Power over you. That when God speaks to you and you do this, that other thing wins out every time. <clears throat> God does not say, get over it. Get over your fear. That's grace. Right? 
God does not say, stop being so afraid. Stop being a scaredy cat. Stop being a chicken. He doesn't speak to us like that. What God does say is, give to me the glory that I'm due. Give to me the glory that I'm due. Don't live in fear anymore. We don't have to. We, do no, we no longer have to live in fear anymore. But the choice is ours. The choice is ours because we can say, God, here is your glory. Or we can say, that other thing, whatever it is, here's your glory. If you're tired of living in fear, I mean, that was like a, like a 98% participation when the hands went up, you know? If you're tired of living in fear, if you're tired of living in timidity, number one, know that God hasn't given you that spirit. That's not from God. So when you say, man, I wonder why God it makes me just live with fear and have to be, no, that's not from God. God has given you a, spa, a, 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 a spirit that builds up love. Love for each other. Love for one another in this room. Love for our neighbor. Love for the people that, dare I say, live out in the Middle East somewhere, that we're deathly afraid of what they'll do in our country. And yet God calls us to love them. Not to be out of sight, out of mind. Not to be fearful. Not to hate them. God is giving us a spirit of power that when that fear creeps in, His spirit in us is more powerful than that fear that wants to take control and grip our souls. And God has also given us a spirit of self-discipline that when we are going to the left or to the right, that spirit reminds us, keep focused on Jesus. Keep focused on the cross. Keep focused on the empty tomb. Keep focused on his promises. Keep focused on his protection. Keep focused on his approval. Keep focused on his performance, his ability, all that he's done for us on the cross. I'm, I am a fearful person. I am. I am. I, I've allowed specifically one individual to, to, to allow, to have free reign of my glory. No, I haven't given this person glory like, hey, I worship you, I, I, you're the best ever. But if I'm really honest with myself, the way that I go about living my life is for the sake of that person saying, well done, good job. I'm not going to beat you anymore. I'm not going to smack you around anymore. I'm not going to kick you when you're down. How many of you are there? God's grace fills us with his presence, his power, 
is love, self-discipline. Paul could say this because he lived it. He said, forget everything else on my peripheral. My eyes are focused on Jesus. And what he called Timothy to was, Timothy, forget everything on the side. Forget your hesitations. Forget your limitations. Forget everything else that wants to creep up in your soul. Stay focused on him. Stay focused on Jesus. Dave Fowler, Joe Mummert, Samantha Volpone, Adam Shishmanian. Stay focused. Forget the peripheral crap. Stay focused. Pammy, Raquel, Happy, Marie, forget the peripheral. Forget it. Stay focused. Tom, Lydia, Anthony, forget the peripheral stuff. Stay focused. Then we experience freedom. Then we, we pour out in love. Then we pour out in power. God is glorious. God is weighty. God is substantial. So I do not have to fear. God is all-powerful. God sees me. God knows my pain. He knows my fears. He knows my needs. He is glorious. He will meet you. What is your fear? What are you deathly afraid of? Our problem is not fear, it's glory. Let's re-give the glory back to the one who is most deserving of glory. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. I'm going to ask Jeremy to come up and lead us in communion. And for Josh and Mandy to come up as well. I'll pray for us. <clears throat> God, in this moment, we, we're, we're, we are clear, Lord. We know what we're afraid of. As soon as we started talking about it, that thing or that person or that image came right into mind of what we are most afraid of. God, thank you for your grace that does not just tell us to get over it. That does not just say, stop being afraid. I know it feels real, but it's not real. No. God, your grace just beckons us, Lord, to give you glory. To take away the glory that we've given to X, Y, and Z and to give that glory back to you. You have not given us a spirit of fear and timidity. You have not. And I, re I rebuke that spirit of fear and timidity, Lord, in our souls, God. I rebuke it in the name of Jesus, God. And Lord, fill us with your spirit anew, God. 
Fill us anew with power, with love, with self-discipline, Lord. Fill us again with Your Holy Spirit, God. And Lord, in this moment of taking communion and being reminded about Your kindness and Your goodness and Your love through Your Son, Jesus, may we once again, from deep within these dead parts of our souls, awaken them, And allow us, God, to give you back the glory that you are due. May our eyes be focused, God, on the perfecter of our faith, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, our Savior, Sanctifier, Healer, and Coming King. God, you are glorious, Mm -hmm. so we do not have to fear. In your name, amen. Mm -hmm.